everyone, this is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, where I sat down to chat with Lydia and Jonas. They are fellow U.S. expats in Iceland that host their own podcast called The Raisin at the Hot Dog's End. Lydia is a writer and artist, and Jonas is a writer and translator. A random fact is that all of us met while working in the same office and then became friends outside of that office. As you listen to the chat that we had in my living room, you'll get to hear the stories of how each of them ended up in Iceland, which is pretty funny because it feels like the two of them should have met much sooner in life, but I guess it was destined for them to meet here in Iceland. And while we did talk about a variety of topics, I feel like the exchange we had about racism within Icelandic society and other topics regarding Iceland and adjusting to life here, especially since racism is more covert and certainly not on the same level as the U.S., kind of provides some important and insightful information for those who either have no association with Iceland or are just interested in the country or who actually might end up wanting to live here. It is amazing to me how much is bubbling to the surface here and all around the world after the murder of George Floyd. I do plan to share my personal experience in the very next podcast episode, so keep a lookout for that. And also some facts about what has been happening here as a result of that murder. But what Lydia and Jonas share shines a light on issues that deserve more attention in this country. If you're interested in listening to their podcast, where they share a lot of their thoughts around different topics, I have a link to it in the show notes of this episode, as well as where you can find them on social media. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview. I'd love to hear your comments about this episode, so please leave one in the comment section on my website, allthingsiceland.com forward slash Jonas and Lydia. As you'll hear, a lot of different things come up in this episode, so feel free to comment on whatever sparks your interest or topic that you feel you want to share your thoughts on. Þakka þér kælegar fyrir að hlusta og góða skemmtun. Lydia and Jonas, thank Hello. you. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down with me to talk about Iceland and also kind of get to know the two of you a little bit yeah. because I personally have gotten to know you a little bit, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper. Mm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Deep dive. Only as deep yeah. as you want, of no, course. No, I mean, that makes me nervous. <laughs> I think I'm real uncomfortable. <laughs> Drink your water. <laughs> I put a little something in it to leash you up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> By the way, like for, for anyone's listening, we're in my house, so I have control of the situation. That's right. <laughs> You've taken the dominant hand yeah, in like the center of you. And they've even come all the way out to most Beth's Bide, which I appreciate. Thank you. But let's just jump in, though. You can start, Lydia, uh-huh. with telling us a little bit about when and why you came to Iceland. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. When and why. I ask myself that a few times a day. A day. Um, <laughs> I first came to Iceland in 2002, and that was just to visit with my, well, we weren't married yet, my boyfriend at the time. And he needed to leave the U.S. for a few months because he was on a tourist visa. Okay. I had just met him. He was like, "Um, so I got to go to Iceland and come back. Do you want to come? And I was like, 
Sure. That's awesome. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. If I have a chance to go to Iceland, go to Iceland. True. So that was my first visit to Iceland. It was in March and the weather was horrible. And I was like, why? Why do people yeah. live here? It was not a great first impression. Yeah. And this was back when people still asked like all the time. So how do you like Iceland? I, like, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that without being rude. Yeah. I'm a little Texan girl. I'm supposed to be nice and say nice things. If I don't have anything good to say, I'm supposed to keep my mouth shut. So I just say, it's interesting. <laughs> it's always like a loaded answer. You know, but it's now 2020. We moved here three years ago, um, just after Trump was elected. New York was becoming increasingly expensive, yeah. and my husband got U.S. citizenship, so we could go back whenever we wanted to. Nice. So he's like, let's move to Iceland. Let's get the hell out of here. And I was like, no. Aww. And he was like, no, let's go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you weren't ready. I was not ready. Okay. Not at all. New York City is like my place. Yeah. I was like, oh, New York. Got it. Done. Yeah. Where I'm supposed to be. Okay. But so now, Iceland, you're, now you're all done with New York, right? <laughs> Wrap it all up. Well, it's all a, it's all a mess. Yeah. That's true. You know, so I'm pretty grateful to be in Iceland now. It's grown on me a little bit. I feel safe. Okay. Yes. Which is a huge plus. Yes. <laughs> I, I just, I also very much um, agree and also, and feel the same way. Yeah. It, and that's just a huge deal. And I didn't realize it until I moved here. Yeah. I didn't realize how stressed and full of anxiety I was living in the United States until I moved here. Yes. And, and just, you uh, mean before the coronavirus too, right? Yeah. I, oh yeah. It's, before all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so, and having two kids. Yeah, that's like, another oh layer God. on top of it. They can just be out in the world, and I don't feel terrified. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Jonas, how about you? It's a little more convoluted. Mm-hmm. A long history with this place. <laughs> but I took a course in Old Norse. I was supposed to take a course in Old Norse, and the person uh, died who was supposed to teach it. And so wow. they sent us all to Iceland for the summer for summer course in Old Norse. Okay. And I just really clicked with a lot of people that I met here. It was the year before I graduated, it was 2001. Yeah. And the year I graduated, 2002, I'd planned to move to New York City, mm. but that was right after the terrorist attacks. Right. And so there just wasn't a whole lot to do. There wasn't many jobs to be had. I had friends back here, and so they were like, why don't you just come back for, you know, a semester? Yeah. So I signed up at the university to come back for a semester, and then a semester became two, <laughs> and then a year became two, and so on and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then I met my partner, and then, you know, it just sort of snowballed. I never intended to stay here. Yeah, that's But then almost 20 years later, still yeah. here. <laughs> still here. Uh, is that, is that a, a mixed bag of emotions? I think if you live someplace for 20 years, it's got to be a mixed bag of yeah. emotions, because you get to start to know it as a real place. And you've moved back and forth. We have, yeah. We've, 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 we went back to the States for a long time and lived in Connecticut and New York. Yeah. Um, Okay. We had our kids over there and moved back. Okay. Just recently in 2017, same year you moved back mm-hmm. to, right? Mm-hmm. Or not moved back, but moved here. Yep. And the two of you didn't know each other before moving to Iceland. No. Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating. All right, we've had somewhat parallel lives. Yeah, so yeah. 2002, for instance, right? Yeah. You both came to Iceland mm-hmm. that year. So yeah. we're both from Texas, from right. the same part of Texas. Yeah. yeah. Right same part of other. Texas? I'm yeah. from Fort Worth. He's from Dallas. Wow. Yeah, right next to each other. Yeah. But technically, there's, there's, I guess, still a lot of people, you know, in those places, right? Yeah, but so. then we both moved to New England yeah. for school. Yeah, for college. <laughs> we both, he, so moved, he was in Connecticut. I was in Massachusetts for college. Interesting. Yeah. I moved to New York. He moved to New York for a little bit. Yeah. Married Icelanders and moved to Iceland. Yeah. Weird. And then we met at work. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're like, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Wait a second. That is fascinating. Yeah. Okay. 
And when you moved, just, you know, from your individual experiences, Mm -hmm. was there anything about the culture that shocked you or that felt really unfamiliar? And you're like, why do they do this here? Shocked. I don't know that I was shocked because I visited so much. I'm trying to think back then to like the first few times I came to Iceland. Like what was, people are very comfortable with each other here. Like, so there's not a lot of, it's very, it's all small things. There's not a lot of personal space. Mm -hmm. People can stand a little too close to you. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not even talking to you, they can be really close. (laughs) (laughs) They don't necessarily say, excuse me. Yeah. They just kind of push by you or brush by you. Or they move your body. Or they move your body with their body. Which takes some getting used to. Yeah. Or you can say something and then it gets awkward. I feel like Icelanders (laughs) have gotten better at that. Um, Do you? I do. Oh, I've, wow. I've, I've had Icelanders, you know, say excuse me. Not yeah. excuse me, but, you know. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Can I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I know. Progress. I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, this was only a couple of months ago. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe it was you know. This is something that we've talked about a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I was... <laughs> After I moved here, I found it really liberating for a little while that, like, oh, no yeah. one said, excuse me, and people just sort of pushed their way through things. Oh, and, and they I, don't I stand like, in lines. Oh, no lines. No God lines. forbid they, they form a line for them. You've got to take a number. That's why there are numbers everywhere, because <laughs> right. Icelanders mm-hmm. cannot form a line to right. save their lives. I, I actually appreciate that, though, because I feel like when there have been lines, people are just, like, cutting in front of you, like, there's like you're not there. Yeah, because yeah, they don't know how lines work. Right. And so it's, just like, <laughs> so it's just, like, the number system at first, it annoyed me, because I, I would forget to go into a store and Right. get a number and I'm staying there like an idiot but waiting for service and it's like oh yeah right I need to like do something about that but yeah you realize are... there's a necessity yeah I agreed yeah. but I found it like when I, when I first moved here I found it really liberating that you could just push yeah. and be handsy mm. and just get what you needed to get done you know what I mean and I was talking to that about Lydia and I was like don't you find that liberating <laughs> and Lydia's response was you make it sound like I was judging you I was not judging you no Go you ahead. were not you were being very honest she, she was like oh I don't find that comfortable I wasn't raised that way mm-hmm. and when she said that it was as it was like a Proustian moment when all of my ancestors like rose up <laughs> in front of me and were like you, sir, were not raised that way either, you animal. Like, like be a ni- like be a nice person. And I saw the reason. I was like, yeah, actually, I don't like that, and that's not the kind of person I am. And I'm just gonna like, I need to like live true to who I was raised yeah. to be. And so now, I like fume about it calmly <laughs> to myself, which is like uh, he's working on his angry Icelandic. His okay. Angry Icelandic is not good. Okay. He gets angry and he's just like, that's not okay. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't really give the full force of your anger. No. Okay. No. I don't give my anger a full-throated sort of yeah. voice. But that's that, that's okay. I don't okay. need to. I don't need to anymore. We were walking down, you know, those streets they changed into pedestrian streets downtown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You handled that very well. You handled it very well. You were the, I, I always thought we were going to move over and let the car pass us. Mm. Lydia just stayed the course, and she was like, we're walking on this goddamn pedestrian street, <laughs> because and they you're were not going to drive on here. They were just driving, driving down the pedestrian street, because they don't close them anymore. They just have a uh, sign. It says, pedestrian street, please don't drive okay. on me. You're like, oh, it's please permanently a pedestrian street, so <laughs> right. we're going to take away the barrier? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, they did it for people with accessibility needs who actually need uh, to, like... Okay. But they could do, like, a half. Still. They could do a half thing. Yeah. So because people are so used to driving down them. Mm-hmm. And they're used to, if it's closed, there being a barrier. Yeah. And so if you suddenly take away the barrier, you're automatically just going to drive. Yeah, so, that's so true. We walked up to the bumper of the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's and we bold. came around, and, and, and I was just like, you know, trying to like keep it together. And I was like, this is a pedestrian street now, right. actually. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't see. I thought they would have closed or something. Yeah. I was like, no, there's a sign at the top. And I think he was being honest. 
the bird just fell, they just flew into the door. Oh my God. <laughs> like, poor thing. It, it, it was okay. It bounced off, got on the railing, and, and flew away. Oh so, <laughs> I can see this whole thing. No fatalities? No. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So you, um, this person... Anyway, he was. He, he, I thought he was really nice. About yeah, it, he actually. was. He was just like, he was oh, like oh, I won't. Huh. I won't do that again. Yeah, that was okay. a great. That was like okay. Yeah, good instead thing of being I wasn't like a... defensive and a jerk or exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I have seen a person when they had the barrier and it was supposed to be like you could technically get by it. A person in a wheelchair. I don't know if they didn't realize that they couldn't get through this, uh-huh. or maybe they were proving a point that they mm, couldn't get through maybe. this. But they were trying to get by the barrier, and it looked really uncomfortable and like they were hurting themselves. And it was just like. I mean, you could have, there's another area around. I'm not saying, you know, like, yeah. who knows what was going on with this individual, but it was maybe because of this and mm-hmm. people having difficulties and also feeling like they don't have the same right to be able to be in this space like other people mm-hmm. that just take it away. So it yeah. brings up a good point when you said about accessibility, because mm-hmm. I hadn't really gone there until I saw that person and you said this, so I mm-hmm. connect those two and I was like, oh yeah. Well, I think the accessibility they mean to are like people who need to drive to their residence down there or people who need to drive to a store. Who you can can't still handle... drive there? or Yeah, if you have accessibility needs, then you can still drive to those places. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just... Uh, this was a taxi. Was... It this was, was not. Taxi. It yeah, wasn't okay. somebody who lives there. <laughs> I'm really surprised that Icelanders are, are so upset about these streets becoming pedestrian. It's just like a few streets in like the very center of downtown. Yeah. Where you can rarely find parking anyway, so who's driving? Exactly, who's driving? I think it's mostly like you just had something and it was taken away and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. No, that's, right? a, that's exactly what yeah, it is. Something it seems, you didn't it really seems very anyway. American to me. Actually. Yeah, it it's is. the American side of Icelanders <laughs> that I recognize and I find kind of ugly. Yeah, that entitlement. Because they have a lot of freedoms to kind of you know park on the sidewalks, do whatever. So mm-hmm. I mean, you start to feel like someone's restricting just a little bit. It's like yeah, people get ah! people yeah, bristle. And, yeah, a little enforcement of rules yeah they're not they're not completely used to that <laughs> no i said there's aren't passionate rule followers yeah like I, some that's people actually, in scandinavia I think. yeah well that's kind of what i gravitate towards because i have i'm so used to following the rules mm-hmm. and was rewarded for that that it's in my brain it was like don't break the rules but then when i saw people doing it like my brain short-circuited a little bit and mm-hmm. i was like huh you found that appealing yeah i was like wait <laughs> we can do this right we like, do I know, but going that's what, crazy, wild and crazy. That's no what Linda reminded me. She was like, "I was not raised to break the rules." Yeah, and but at the same time, it's like sometimes it, not every rule has to be so strict. Rigid. There's sometimes mm-hmm. just like, "Come on, seriously, this is not that big mm-hmm. of a deal." And so I like that. There's a bit of relax of like, okay. I mean, I know driving on the sidewalk is a little bit different, but still, yeah. <laughs> when I thought about like this whole idea of, yeah, just you kind of are asking for um, forgiveness. And not always for permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some certain things that appeals to me in the society that way. So, yeah. It definitely does have a positive side, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That people don't feel inhibited about expressing themselves yeah. or being creative. That mm-hmm. that I love. But sometimes, I don't know, it also leads to a little bit of rashness and irresponsibility. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's just the good with the bad. You yeah, know? exactly. Our, our, the U.S. culture in whatever place you were brought up in, I'm sure there's several pros and cons i mean new york especially right it's Mm -hmm. just like it's intense Um, but have icelanders been welcoming to you how do you feel about that yeah i mean for the most part um there's a lot of ignorance Mm -hmm. that can lead to people doing things you're like that's not okay yeah but it's never felt malicious yeah 
Yeah, it's never felt malicious for me either. But mm-hmm. there's a real tribal mentality here. Mm-hmm. And like, for the longest time, it seemed like the greatest compliment an Icelander could pay me was that you're just like an Icelander. Mm. And if it's friends and family, then it's like, I want to sit down and be like, actually, that's not... I don't want it to be just like an Icelander because I don't feel like an Icelander. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, want, I don't want to identify. I know you're trying to make me feel like I belong, mm-hmm. and that's and that's a really that's a really kind thing that you're that you're doing. But that's not really. I'm not really an Icelander. Yeah. I don't want to be just like an Icelander. Mm-hmm. If it's someone I don't know that well, then I just normally like oh, tuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'll just leave that for. Yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave that alone for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that, and I think too. Like when you said that you don't want to be an Icelander or don't identify. I mean, you have a very long history with Iceland, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like personally, like I always see myself as a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. That's just it, and I don't have a problem with that, right? Yeah. And I actually don't care if people never consider me to be an Icelander, no matter how long I've lived here. Mm-hmm. But I guess it could be different for everybody. Like, yeah, you know, there's one person I interviewed who. He changed his name, even. Okay. And, I mean, that was just... Because he wanted to be... Well, I think he also felt that going for jobs and things like Mm. that would be easier if his name was Icelandic and he'd gotten citizenship and all this um, other elements to it. Mm. And so it was like, okay, your choice. I would... I personally do not ever plan on changing my name. (laughs) Right? Like, just, I'm very attached to it. Mm -hmm. And also just, I don't know... I think where you come from a lot of the times it shapes who you are Mm -hmm. and identifying that as that doesn't make you, you know, obviously less than in society, you can still integrate in to a degree Mm -hmm. and have a separate identity. Yeah. Yeah. I think Icelanders can be very insular, but that's just because it's so small. Yeah. Like people are friends with people that they've known since they were babies. Like they went to the same kindergarten. They went to the same school. They went to the same high school. They went to university together and now they work together. Yeah. It's hard to break into that friend group. I'm full of, I'm, you know, I'm full up. I have all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I don't anymore. There's no need really for them to make new friends or to make other people necessarily feel more welcome because they're like, well, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. So has that been tough then feeling like, forming relationships with Icelanders. It's very tough to form like a meaningful relationship mm, with an Icelander yeah. who's not your Icelander. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not that you're not married with, to. But I'm I not think close those friends are, to Iceland, with Icelanders. But. I've, I've definitely got close friends who are Icelanders and they're some of the best friends that I've had. I mean, I feel like that's a bond that yeah. they're serious about. Mm-hmm. But it took a while. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is fascinating. Because like Lydia's saying, I mean, they made all their friends in, in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And making a late in life friend here, I think, is just something that is not doesn't come naturally. No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think they're used to that. And I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it's if Icelanders have left and come back, I feel like they're more open to that. Mm-hmm. If they've lived abroad for a little while, then they kind of know what it feels like to be a foreigner. Yeah, to be a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, then yeah. they're more open to being friendly with people who aren't their friends from when they were five. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of people underestimate that, meaning mm-hmm. they're like, I want to move to Iceland because Icelanders are known as being friendly, but it's like to a point, meaning mm-hmm. like they have, like you said, they're insular. And also it's so family oriented as a culture. Right. So marrying into a family is is great because you get automatically there you go in the circle yeah mm-hmm. but otherwise if yeah. you're on, if you're here on your own it's, it's just rough. yeah and i've known of some people who've had this issue where they felt they felt so outside on the fringe of society basically mm-hmm. because they haven't been able to break in and it really isn't that easy mm-hmm. so yeah that i think is a surprising thing for people and i think you have to be persistent if you want to have Icelandic friends <laughs> which is like stalking it's like you can know, you please hang out with me now i think you do <laughs> so, i think you do because yeah. they will have like 
little gatherings Mm -hmm. where they might invite you. But if you aren't like, hey, like trying to keep in touch with people, they aren't necessarily going to reach out to you. And then if you don't speak the language, then that's another added barrier, right? Mm -hmm. Because if they have friends from that age, everyone automatically breaks into Icelandic at some point in the conversation, even if they don't mean to. And they'd Mm -hmm. started off trying to be polite and speaking Mm -hmm. English, which they can almost 90, more than 90% of the country can do Mm -hmm. quite well. Right. But at the same time, I can't blame them for speaking their native language, right? Exactly. So that's another added layer. <laughs> I feel guilty about that, too. I'm mm. like, I don't want to tell them not to speak Icelandic. And sometimes I don't really want to know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's. A, I mean, I know you're joking, but that's actually, uh, that's a good point, I think, too. Mm-hmm. It's like moving here as a, and, and experiencing life as a foreigner is not so, it's not that's not a quintessential American experience. I mean, yeah. we are people who are entitled and we belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just sort of like, especially as a white American, that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that was my experience. But that said, I I'm not too like keen on being like belonging too much. Like I'm 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 comfortable being like on the outside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not entirely, not always. I mean, I want to be around people who I feel I belong with and who are good friends and have meaningful relationships and things like that. But as a queer person too, I also feel like I'm okay with being on the outside. Yeah. That is actually kind of comfortable for me too. Okay, and I don't feel like I have to necessarily prescribe to someone else's values because I'm not an Icelander. And if I do something that's mm-hmm. stupid or doesn't sort of fit into the prescribed values here. Whatever, he's a foreigner. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. It does come in handy. Yes, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I actually said this to someone. I was like, it works to our advantage. Yeah. But then someone else brought up, they were like, do you think it works to your advantage because you're from the U.S.? And meaning mm. like, there's a, right? And I was yeah. like, oh, good question. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, Jonas, there is this perceived privilege. Uh, no, uh, sorry, um, that you have this, what did you say? It was... Uh, entitlement. Entitlement, there you go. Mm-hmm. This entitlement that we do kind of give off that, but we're also granted it because media and like yeah. the perception of people from the U.S. and Iceland has quite a history with the U.S. too and right. things kind of progressing because of being involved with them. Right. Or us, our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite loaded sometimes. So, I know, because there's so much going on right now. So it I is. personally, it's very hard. But in that regard, when it comes to the U.S., I, I didn't even realize that privilege mm-hmm. and how other foreigners right. might not be as well received. Right. <laughs> right. There's a large Polish population mm-hmm. in Iceland, and they don't always get that yeah. privilege or entitlement. They don't. Which is weird to me because that. they are the largest population of immigrants, right? right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't like you. See, you'll see signs sometimes in Polish. <laughs> more than likely they're going to be in English, English yeah. Yeah. which is, I guess, a tourism thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, it's just bizarre to think that they aren't catered to more often. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, there's so many Polish like, people here. Coming from yeah. New York, you yeah. used to seeing signs and like, sometimes on the subway, you would see a sign, a notice that has like 10 different languages yes. on it. Right. And I would sometimes be like trying to figure out what language is that? Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. What language is that? Doesn't happen in Iceland. No. They got, they got two. <laughs> three at most yeah. right? two sometimes yeah that's true two sometimes uh, so how overall how has it been adjusting to life because you have families too you have children mm-hmm. so adjusting to life in Iceland it's the first year was rough yeah it was dark so did you get here in and winter was, no we, I got here in the summer okay but I was I was just traumatized. I was just like, you already didn't want to be here. So. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, wasn't a great, I wasn't in a great mindset. 
for the first year. Um, and I wasn't working. I didn't have a Kinetol. And everybody's like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So that was a lot. But it's gotten a lot better. Okay. And how about for your children? Oh, from jump, they were fine. Okay, nice. It was like we get here because they've always liked coming to Iceland. Okay. We get here and we're like, okay, you can go play. And they're like, just go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sitting watching us out of the yeah, Just be outside. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, okay. And, you know. That's great. Their first year at school wasn't great. Mm. They haven't quite figured out the whole Icelandic as a second language, especially for English speakers. Meaning the schools haven't figured it out. The schools it. haven't quite yeah. figured it out. They have programs, but they are not very robust. Yeah. I've heard it's, it literally depends on the school, mm-hmm. which I think is bizarre. But, yeah. you know, we can't force it. Or at least that's not how it seems, that they don't want to force it. And mm-hmm. I think that is a disadvantage because yeah. if you pick the wrong school unknowingly, then your kid is not getting great, great education. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not cool. Yeah. So how about you, Jonas? Uh, it was a hard landing when we, when we first moved back, even though we'd both lived here before. Yeah. But we'd had, we'd had kids with us this time, and we moved back into the same apartment that we lived in when we were here in our 20s. Okay. And it is 60 square meters, which is Ooh, real small. It's yeah. like 600 square feet. Yeah. And we'd moved from like a 1,600 square foot house wow. in America, okay. we, what we got for a song in the middle of nowhere in New England. Okay. So we, it was a real downsize. And like I said, we moved back with two kids and a yeah. giant dog. A giant dog. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I always forget you have a dog. Sorry. Yeah. He takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Just like, like spiritually also. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's just like a ball of need. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was hard to adjust to the size of the place. We thought that we would just be in this apartment temporarily until we found okay. someplace that was bigger, but it's just, it's real hard to move house because of everything's so expensive here. And, and you live downtown mm-hmm. and smack dab in the middle of downtown. Yeah. We live yeah. downtown right by the church and you know, it was a good. It was a good adjustment. It was all healthy things for us. I yeah. think we had to divest of a lot of things that we had that we didn't need to have, because the house is so small. We end up spending a lot of time outdoors. Yeah. We spend a lot of time with each other. We don't have a television. We read lots of books. Nice. You know, it's just been a real good adjustment for us. I think too. Okay. Lifestyle changes. Yeah. And this is going back to something that we talked about in the beginning. But like when when you when you're talking about like you felt safer with your kids. Mm-hmm. I never felt really, I never felt like we lived in a dangerous place. We lived in a really small town in rural New England, mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel like it was a dangerous. In fact, I felt like living in Connecticut was never a problem. My mm-hmm. kids were in preschool in Connecticut. Nothing can ever happen bad to pre- preschool kids in Connecticut. Mm. And then, like, Newtown happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, I thought, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And that one, that one really bothered me. Yeah. Because it, it happened... I mean, it wasn't geographically close to us on the side of the state, but it was still, we were in this like super progressive yeah. New England hippie state, and here we, all these kids were killed. Yep. Anyway, I think about gun violence a lot, and there was an ad, I don't remember who put it out, but it was like kids were talking about their favorite things for back to school season, and it started mm. out as like a fun commercial. Mm. You, know, you know this commercial? Yes, I do. It's hurtful. Oh my God. It just really gets me every time I see it, and I think, thank God. That we are not subjecting them to that right now. Yeah. If you want to, you can explain the commercial, though, to people who might not know. Well, like I said, it starts out as like a back-to-school commercial, and she's like, I love these, I love this backpack. And then the kid's like, I love these shoes, and he's running from something, like these little bangs, and then this girl's in tears. She's trying to be quiet. She's like, I'm so glad my mom got me this new cell phone so I can call her and tell her that I'm in danger. And she's yeah. hiding in the stall, and you hear someone coming in, and mm. it like fades to black, and it's just... 
the worst. Yeah. It's just the worst because I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the way it happens. You think that like, it's fun to get your kids ready for school, except when, you know, there's a single shooter. Right. Mm -hmm. And even our kids in preschool in Connecticut were having single, single shooter drills. Yeah. It's insane, right? It is. It is insane. And all because of not wanting stricter gun laws. Mm -hmm. Baffling. You know, I I don't. Makes no sense. Agreed. Okay, we're just going to move on from that because I feel like that's a loaded topic. <laughs> it's a really loaded on. topic, but it, man, that is something that hit me real, yeah. real hard and fast when we moved here. It was like, okay, yeah. you know what? A smaller apartment, totally fine, can deal with that. Yeah. And it may, it puts everything in perspective too. Like, yeah, Icelanders drive on the sidewalk and they're shitty parkers <laughs> and they're pushy and they can't get in line to save their souls. But at least they don't let their kids be murdered in schools. Right. And there are other safety precautions. It's just like, as a society, they all agree that like these are the set things that we just don't, don't want do. to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And I like I know Lydia though for you because I'm I'm assuming I'm feeling the same way in terms of safe. It's like you have two boys, yes. who are mixed, mm-hmm. but still in the United States they're black boys, yes, right? That's just how it is. You're a black woman, yeah, I'm brown a black boys. woman, yeah, brown boys. That's true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like that other layer of safety. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I'm a target just walking down the street. Now, granted, yeah, people might see me because I'm oh, different. Oh, people stare. Right. They aren't going to shoot me. Right. Or they're not. <laughs> and the police aren't going to shoot me. Yeah. And like the maliciousness that you talked about. It's like mm-hmm. when you inter- you're interacting, it doesn't initially always feel like, oh, someone's being racist. This is like, no, they're being Icelandic. <laughs> it's like, this is like meaning, like, they do that to everybody. They do that to yeah. their own people, to foreigners, whatever, because it's literally just something they've been doing their whole lives. Uh-huh. You know? So that part is... It's refreshing, even if it's annoying, because you're not used to the behavior. But it's also nice to be like, that's, yeah, I am safe. Mm-hmm. And for your kids, like, that's just not something people should have to worry about. Yeah. So, okay. Is there anything that you miss from the U.S.? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> New York. <laughs> just well, all I'm, of New York. <laughs> I miss all of New York City. <laughs> I miss the, the variety of everything. Mm-hmm. Of everything. And the convenience. Yeah. I mean, that's what's killing the planet is convenience. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Every time I think about something I miss at home, I'm like, well, that was, that was, it was destroying our, our civilization, actually. Yeah. But damn, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? true. Maybe they put too much plastic in the box to protect it, but that's okay. It came the, the same day. Exactly. I got it the same day. It's or so I could just get it down the street. Yeah. yeah. True. true. And not have to plan my day around it. And be like, well, when are they open? Mm-hmm. What day is it? Can I get it there? Maybe I should call and make sure they have it. Did it? Yeah. That yeah. is very true. I miss like having a diversity of people around mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That too. But I feel like my friend group here, especially other expats, mm-hmm. are is far more diverse than never was at home. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I'm at home, I'm hanging out with people who are exactly like me. Mm. Overeducated, stupid. I don't know, just like people, just people like, <laughs> it's like it's an interesting mix of people you got going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Do you know that special flavor of like overeducated, stupid person? Yeah, it's because like, you also want to have fun. I mean, it doesn't matter how much education you have, there's there are going to be the silly things that you say or do. Um, exactly. Yeah. And we know each other well enough that it's, it's yeah. fine. We can like recognize each other's fallacies. Yeah. But like they're all people I went to school with, you know? Yeah. That, that, that was my friend, friend group because when I was in New York, I, the people I met up with were people I was, I was in school with. Yeah. Here, because the expat community is so much smaller, it's like a little, it's a, a little joyful when you, when you meet another American and you can talk about things a little bit like, mm-hmm. oh, like where do you get cornbread? You know, it's like, <laughs> or like do you have cast iron? You know, like it's just like, 
there's these little things that we can share. And when I first came, it was even more so that way because there just so many things that weren't available here. Mm. And we would get together to celebrate Thanksgiving and Halloween and things like that. And my friend group was like all sorts of people, really. Like they were like mothers, young mothers in their 30s or like single guys here who'd married and gotten divorced and staying here for their kids. But also like really young people. Some were teenagers. Some were like much older, like in their fifties. There's Hope, who's here, who's like in her sixties. It was just a really met Hope. I've heard of Hope. Okay, it's just a real diverse group of people who I never would have been friends with at home. Right. And our friendship was different. It was like very similar to friendship, but we our connection was based on something entirely different. Our connection Mm -hmm. was based that we were raised in like a the a common culture, right? A common society. And it was it was great. It was fun. It's just different than it would be at home. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. So uh, you have a podcast. We're fellow expat podcasters. Mm -hmm. Uh And I'm just curious, what inspired you to start your podcast, which is called The Raisin at the End, at the Hot Dog's End? Yeah. Yes. Raisin at the Hot Dog's End. We were hiking in the woods. (laughs) In the woods. Uh-huh. The it very was, small woods of Iceland. It was the dead of winter, and we were hiking in the woods. It wasn't dead of winter. It was it was coming towards spring. That's why we were outside because we were like, <laughs> "There's no snow on the ground. Let's go outside." Okay, first of all, there was ice everywhere. <laughs> but that was when we got to the woods. Yeah, in the we got city, to the there woods. was no snow, so we thought, "Oh, it'll be a good time to go yeah. outside." And you were like, "I'm gonna go walk the dog and bring the baby." Because I'd, like, I'd like moved I was from, like, yeah. I'd like moved from Connecticut, and that's like what you do. You like go out and you like take a walk in the woods, you yeah. know, right. with a dog okay. and, the, and a kid. So we thought it wouldn't be slippery and crazy well but. it was slippery and crazy and it was just like my life was taken into my hands oh, no. we started down a slope and i felt my feet go on un- un- like out from under me and oh, i was no. like lydia lydia grab the stroller grab the stroller <laughs> grab the stroller <laughs> like she did, she grabbed it. she's like i got the baby jonas <laughs> and i felt it brought us like like we had that m- brush with like you with know death. fate yeah <laughs> And the dog was running around us in circles. Yeah. <laughs> what? Jonas was on the ground. And I had Otto. Oh, you, did, you, you yeah. fell on the ground. Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh. And the baby would have just fallen down the mountainside. And the dog was going crazy. And, and Lydia was like, okay. we should do a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, we should do a podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. And what do you talk about on your podcast? I mean, I think we we've said before. talk. Really? It's, like, it's a little bit like whatever is on our minds. Yeah. We started out be. talking more about Iceland. Because mm-hmm. people, when they find out you live in Iceland, people from the States, they're like, oh, so what should I do? And it's like, Google mm-hmm. works, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because so many people ask you over and over again. And it's only so many times that you can be like, oh, well, let me tell you about the different things. Yeah. <laughs> so first, we got that out of the way first. Okay. So All we made a map so like people map. can like yeah. look yeah, and nice. go through our recommendations and stuff like that. Okay. And then we did ghost stories at some We did point. ghost stories. And also just our experiences in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, it would, I think it's nice because mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think people were so fascinated, especially by Iceland, but then mm-hmm. like moving to a country like this and what that means, because the perception of Iceland obviously is very different than the reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like terribly different, but it's I mean, different it's like enough. For, for every place, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. We call it the Homo Negro Report from Iceland. <laughs> but... Homo Negro Report. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the Homo yeah, I, don't know I if figured. Just to clarify. Yeah. They can't see us at home, though. They don't know. That is true. Even though I'll try, I'll put a picture in <laughs> in the show notes so you can see what Lydia and Jonas look like. Well, I feel like li- recently there's been lots of Negro to talk about. But, yeah. like, there's just not, I don't know. I haven't, yeah. like, we talked about homeless stuff in the beginning, but 
you know, you just sort of run dry on stuff after a while. Yeah. So now it's just basically like whatever is on our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure people would stop listening. <laughs> Why? Because we're just like Because we're blah, just blah, shooting the shit. You blah, know what I mean? Blah, that's blah. what a lot of podcasts are. People oh, I know. just literally in their opinions. <laughs> I know, but that's it, it infuriates me when I listen uh, to other okay. people's podcasts. I'm like, well, someone should edit that. They're t- I don't want to hear what you... Uh, uh, shut up. I don't want to listen to all that. And then, of course, I don't listen to that podcast anymore. But I, would, I just assumed that like people would stop listening. Yeah. But now they're like, so when's the next podcast? Yeah. And we're yeah, like, uh, nice. Get some, ex- you know, pressure on you. To- <laughs> <laughs> the, the distribution thing, let's just yeah. see where people are downloading mm-hmm. it from. I think it's so cool to see that people are downloading it all over the world. Yeah. I just cannot imagine what someone <laughs> in like, these people like Japan is doing like <laughs> nice. listening to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems crazy to me. That's awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Exciting mm-hmm. and weird. Yeah. True. Because you don't know who they are, right? And that's the weird thing about podcasting is that you're just speaking into a microphone. It's into yeah. the ether. Yeah. yeah, it's into the ether. It really is. Yeah. And then you run into people and they're like, your voice sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel weird. And they're like, you do that podcast. And I'm like, then, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. I do. <laughs> It's a weird feeling. <laughs> and you were talking about, Jonas, uh, that obviously a lot is going on with black people now. Mm-hmm. And... Whew, okay, I, I'm going to jump into it, this okay. because I think it's Let's necessary it. and it would just be a missed opportunity if we didn't at least... And we got two Negroes here. We can yeah. <laughs> so a lot is going on with the U.S. regarding mm-hmm. uprisings against racism and systematic uh, systemic oppression against black people. And I'm wondering how do you feel as a person from the U.S. Mm-hmm. and of course the intersectionality that you have, each mm-hmm. of you, living here and seeing how this is playing out in the US and right. then seeing other countries responding to it mm-hmm. this this to me is you know I know I have my own feelings about it but I'm just curious about how you're mm-hmm. feeling it's weird not being there um I feel a lot of relief mm-hmm. and a lot of guilt mm-hmm. that's <laughs> so much guilt so it's like scrolling through my social media it just just leaves me feeling drained and like horrible. Yeah. But it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Truth. Many centuries. Yeah. This is the basis of the United States. Yeah. Like this is literally what the United States was built on. Yeah. Absolutely. Was genocide and oppression. Yep. So it's not surprising. Even though some people are like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's another story. But yeah, that, I think that's the other thing is that like every black person you talk to who has lived in the U.S. is like, yeah, of course this is going to happen. I just didn't know if it was going to be my lifetime. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like the that's the thing that you realize you've gotten so used to the system being against you that you just a lot of hope in you just drains out a lot mm-hmm. most of the time because it's just it feels too much to have to handle and it feels like. How can I? Yeah. The system has been written so that I can never get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Or create it that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about, though, what you're feeling, Jonas. So I was, a, we went to the, well, I was there with both of you, actually, mm-hmm. at the at the rally. Doing the live. You were holding the, the, my phone for the That's live. Right. Thank you very much. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we were live here. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. I did. <laughs> I sacrificed his arm. Like, I all the people behind me. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful (laughs) i um i i had mixed feelings about the rally actually Mm -hmm. and i really talked about it before i just been sort of thinking about it but Mm -hmm. i felt 
a little bit like um, the things that were talked about were like a little bit easy. There wasn't mm. a lot of uncomfortable things that were talked about. And I think Iceland is good at congratulating itself mm. and is not good at being critical about itself. The critical voices here are not many and they're not well received. Mm. I think sometimes criticism is, I'm speaking very generally now, mm-hmm. but I think that criticism is sometimes conflated with complaining mm. or like needlessly complaining, whining, I guess. And um, so I, I, I don't know, I kind of was hoping that there would be more more criticism of what's going on in Iceland right yeah. now and Icelandic views and Icelandic racism. Mm-hmm. And it's been in the news recently, yeah. which I've been really happy to see because that's something that's been new for me at least. I have not seen those kind of stories appear in the Icelandic media before of mm-hmm. Icelanders of color being being uh, like telling telling their stories and, their, and you, you're hearing their experiences. Right. And... Um, I mean, there were a lot, there was Icelanders of color who were at this rally. Right. So first of all, so many yeah. people. Oh, there's so many black people in Iceland. <laughs> I was like, where'd y'all come from? This is amazing. But seriously, how come we don't know like <laughs> half of you, a quarter even? Yeah. I was super surprised, and so many children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think um, I, I know it was brought up like for a minute or two mm-hmm. <laughs> at the rally. So I agree with you that. That's true. Like it was a very, it was very centric on what's happening in the U.S., which I understand yeah. right. to educate there. But yeah, it felt distant in that at home in Iceland. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, right. And that can might have been missed on many people at the right. rally. So, like the last note on the rally was just sort of "God bless Iceland" and "Thank God we get to like live in Iceland. We don't have to live in the hellhole back home." Yeah, and that's where the feeling safe part comes in, yeah. and feeling thankful that you have a place to go, and mm. then also the guilt that mm. you have a place to go, and not it's not available to everybody, yeah. right? Right, and so it's just like I get that sentiment too, but at the same time, yeah, it's just like people don't deserve a cookie for treating people with equal rights, exactly. right? Like that's the basics. And that's the like, minimum. <laughs> right? Right. Like, I feel like Iceland could easily go the way of the U.S. if they're not careful, mm-hmm. which I've said a few times in interviews. I'm like, I, hello, this is this is a perfect opportunity, Iceland, for you to learn yeah. like what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like when you ignore the voices of people who are being oppressed and right. you pretend like it's not happening. Yep. True. So listen. Yeah. People they're, are telling you what's happening mm-hmm. to them. So nip it in the bud. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because there there are growing marginalized groups here. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's not all native white Icelanders no. anymore. And we even mentioned about like Polish people, for instance. Yeah, just, exactly. I mean, it's it's so that part has only over like the maybe the last year become apparent to me. And I think I was at Blaufjord, and we were there for cross country skiing first time tried it. And and in this place where you put your shoes, mm-hmm. it was written in. First Icelandic, then Polish, and then English about like don't steal people's shoes. Mm. And that was one of the few times I've seen Polish, and I was yeah. like, "That's Why what that you know." Why and I was like, "That's bizarre." Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really telling, right? And so yeah. that kind of just like that also is something that you start to internalize mm-hmm. about either how Icelanders perceive uh, Polish people or how you will start to perceive mm-hmm. them in Iceland if mm-hmm. stories are told, you know, or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I've heard people if say things. you're only seeing it through the yeah, Icelandic through that lens, lens. Right. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay. But, uh, but when you were mentioning about um, at home here, like I, I had lunch earlier with a friend and I brought up the company Sambo. 
Mm-hmm. Who oh, makes Lord right? Yes. And I was about like, that too on a podcast. Can you I believe like, that they're called Sambo? Can you believe it? And she was even telling me, like, as of recently, they had it was 2015. They had a book, uh, like ten yeah, year old boys or something out. like that. I was pregnant with my first child. Yeah. Went to the bookstore, <laughs> saw it, nearly had a heart attack. Yeah, and it was like, excuse me. It was just there. It wasn't with a cultural all... artifact behind glass. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, no. Not... It was like it was on the children's books right. table. Yeah. It was also, I think, like the new. I think like Barbara Papa books had been reprinted as mm. well. Like, and that had been something like kids in the seventies and eighties in Iceland. Like, it was like a new a nostalgia factor for them. So, like, oh, we we, we printed these books, and also these ones about the you know ten little Negro kids that are mm-hmm. you know have red lips and bones in their hair yeah. and are cannibals. Yeah, oh isn't God. it great? Yeah. I was like, what the. From this company that yes. is doing just fine today, and no one's, and I was like, why, why are they still in business with this name? Yeah. Right? This is very, this is a derogatory name that is the name of a candy company. It's been brought <laughs> and to their attention ch- so many times. Yeah, and I was like, and, and it, she's like, they know, they know. And I was like, oh my god, Icelanders yeah. even brought that to me. Like, yeah, brought brought as. You know, like when you come to visit people, you bring candy, mm-hmm. and they brought yeah, us, me too. They brought us some Sambo candies. Of course, they had no idea, no clue. And I was like, "Did y'all just bring me?" Yeah, I did. Licorice that says Sambo. Yeah, I initially did not want to make this as as a campy. No, campy. And then I asked him that, and he was like, "I think I'm pretty sure it is." And I was like, "No!" Nah! <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, "Don't do this. Why, Iceland? Why?" We were at the grocery store like three days ago. Yeah. Go ahead, Jonas. Tell the story. I was, I was it was like, a candy store. It wasn't a grocery store. It was a candy store. But go ahead. It was a grocery store. It was a candy store. Because okay. we went to get the to pick out all the different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they have cool as And Lydia was like, what? And I was like, it's so good, Lydia. It's so good. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'll just get some of these. I was like, are you really with your black man buying the Sambo candy? Aye. And he was like, I don't. It's good. <laughs> I stopped. It stopped. It's done. No more. No more. <laughs> it is. It's if almost they're like, at a party and someone's already opened them. <laughs> yeah, I might have one. Okay. <laughs> so I know. And it'll say seven jewels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are in the universe, I'll just apologize. It is a. It's one of those things where like you don't want to accept it, or even like downtown, they used to have a picture of a black. Um, waiter or some butler looking guy mm-hmm. i remember when i was visiting i saw this it was on the side of the building and i was talking about this at lunch today too and she was like yeah and they took that down yeah. because they got complaints and they were like we didn't really know because it's always just been there mm-hmm. at the gazer visitor center there used to be a lawn jockey outside the bathroom really yeah yep. yeah so i saw that it was i think that was back like 2002 nice they have like a mammy you know like with the thing that up in her hair and, really yeah it's just it's just a it's like a chic nordic restaurant but they have like this mammy doll propped up in one of the windows. And I'm just like, what? that doesn't even look good here. No. That's terrible. Yeah. So and you is... know people have brought it to their attention before. Yeah. And that's the thing I think is, is fascinating is that they're, you can be ignorant or you can just decide this doesn't apply to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that it does. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that there's been white supremacy here. I mean, it was a trend, trending thing during mm-hmm. uh, the time of the Nazis. So it, it's like, yeah. and it's, Still, Didn't one black man coming to serve in the yeah on the base here? On yes, the base, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and like the idea of you know even now how it's been passed on. I mean, people still. I think this is maybe a Nordic thing too. People still very much like that blonde hair, blue mm-hmm. eyes thing, like yes. bleaching the crap out of their hair. I've even seen kids' books. I used to work in a kindergarten, and it's a theme. 
like they'll have like the the sloppy, dirty, dark haired. I mean, all the characters are white, but yeah. like the dark haired, brown eyed person is like the bad one. Wow. And the blonde, blue eyed, sparkly child is the good one. I've seen that in more than yeah. a couple of books. And how can a child not internalize this? Yeah. Well, as as a white person who speaks Icelandic, the older generations, there is a lot of anti-Semitism here. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. Some and of the I older want, academics at the university just yeah. like randomly will be, you know, talk about something and one of them will be like, well, you know, he's a Jew. Ooh. And it's just like, Ooh. what does that have to do with it? Right? Exactly. I was shocked. Yeah. I went to go pick up uh, a transcript from the university when I was heading back to the U.S. last time and it was, a, it was an old woman who was working in the registrar's office and she was like, where are you moving to? And I said, I'm moving to New York. And she said, here you go. Watch out for the Jews. Ooh. Are you kidding it? me? Yeah. Dang. I was shocked. I had no yeah. idea. Uh, so in where in Mosul, where we are right now, um, I've seen when I used to take the bus more often, somebody had carved a swastika into the bus in the bus stop. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was just like I was like I literally like seized up, and mm-hmm. I was like I don't. How do you process it. that? Yeah, I I don't even want to be at this bus stop. I don't. You know what I mean? I felt mm-hmm. so horrible, and I called Gunnar, and I think I was going to yoga class. I was just like, you know, messing with your zen yoga. I was like, Gunnar, this is ridiculous. I feel unsafe, and I can only imagine if a person who is Jewish would, would be here. But like this symbol in general is hate, right? Yeah. For anyone who does not mm-hmm. look or is considered acceptable for the Aryan race or whatever. And he was like, okay, I'm going to call the municipality and, you know, and they eventually like painted over it. Mm -hmm. But I took a picture of it and I put it on Facebook and Mm -hmm. I was like, this is unacceptable. This is hatred. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, scary. And I feel unsafe. And for the people who are, you know, um, Jewish or of Jewish descent who might Mm -hmm. see this, I mean, how could, how would you feel if you, you know, saw it? And I had a couple Mm -hmm. of Icelandic friends who were like, I I know where this is. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah. Just some dumb kids. And it was like, dumb kids. First of all, we don't know who it was. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who it was. Right. But if your child is doing this, don't you think we need to have a conversation, right? Don't you think we need to have, maybe have some education around the fact that like this is not okay? These are hate signs. These this is maybe something's going on with this individual. And I also yeah. think it was an adult. I'm just to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, or not wanting to realize that maybe there are people in this society who subscribe to that, mm-hmm. right? And it was really difficult to get that for people who I respect. Yeah. And to hear them make excuses mm-hmm. to be like, no, I mean, we're all not like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't care if you're all not like that, but we need to get together. Maybe somebody is. Right. To talk to them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that part was, it was hard because it, it wasn't the only time that it happened. It later on happened in another bus stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think Icelanders are very ready to make you feel gaslit mm-hmm. instead of... Addressing the problem. Yeah. Owning up to like what's actually going on here. Mm-hmm. I thought what you were going to say is that... Someone commented that, oh, that's an ancient Norse Nordic pagan. Symbol. Oh, no, no. <laughs> they didn't try to pull that stupidness. No, I've, <laughs> I've never heard that one. Like, I'm like, you know, it may have been. You know, also, you know, it comes from uh, ancient Hindu religions. Yeah. But now, that's in the here and now, in mm-hmm. this context, everybody knows what the hell that's supposed to mean. Exactly. Everybody knows it's an act of terror. Everybody knows that. Yep. So to act like it isn't. Yeah. It's being one punch from the throat. Or to minimize it that it's uh, an individual who did it was just being a, a silly kid. These kids grow up, right? Like <laughs> they become part of society. Well, we still need to talk to them, about right? It. Yeah. yeah, there needs to be conversations and education. And I think that's what's so interesting to me about what's bubbling up in the world now. And like mm-hmm. you were saying, that there are um, Icelanders of color who are being like, "We are not going to be silenced any longer mm-hmm. because the microaggressions." Like you don't 
overtly see it every day, but we feel it. And it also becomes a mental health issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? You start to, like, how you view yourself in the society, you're not fully accepted. People speaking English to you immediately. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just, that's got to be it's so such a good hurtful. point that it, it really, it's, it could be a mental health problem. Yeah. yeah. So. But the Icelanders that I've heard speak out about it, like when we saw, I think you saw the same news story that I did. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a, it was a mixed race family. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't want to talk about it. Wow. Yeah. He was very uncomfortable talking about yeah. it. And he even said, like, when the news is coming out, I, w- I didn't intend to say anything at all. Wow. And I don't know, like, what it is exactly. I'm not on the inside enough to really understand, like, what it is that makes people not want to talk about these things. Like, maybe it's that thing that I was talking about before, that, like, complaining about anything is sort of seen mm, as weakness, you know? Yeah. That might be it. And maybe it further makes you other. Because mm-hmm. now you're really not. Yeah. Icelandic, right? Because right. you yeah, have to admit that people see you differently, mm-hmm. even though you just want to be like, I'm a part of the society. That's so true. You know, so that's got to be a hard uh, self-awareness mm-hmm. thing you're ready to do. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when you say something like that, you just expect people to be like, oh. Yeah. You know? Oh, God, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in, I was, when I was in, and I was working in an office. Mm-hmm. And we were in a meeting, and someone made a joke about uh, gay men being tortured and killed in Chechnya. Making a joke about it. Yeah, a joke about it. And I was just like, did I just, did I just understand that correctly? And I wrote an email to um, uh, the supervisor afterwards, and the response I got was like, oh, no, 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 you misunderstood we can make jokes like that because we're a super progressive country. Oh, I know gosh. I know you come from a place where like, you know, it's mm. it's really it's really tense, but you don't have to worry about that here because yeah. that's not the way we are. So it's just a it's just a it's a sense of humor here that we can have because we don't have those problems here. Because we accept you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? It's like we you're now one part of us. Part of us, so you're the butt of the joke too. Right. right. But you must be so traumatized from where you've come from. Yeah. <laughs> You can't even laugh about it anymore. That would be the only way that it would be wrong. It's just so absurd that I I didn't even know how to respond to it. The same person, I know of this person, the same person made on a a company trip a black joke and a Polish joke back to back. The old one too. (sighs) In English or was it in... It was in Icelandic, but I understood it. Yeah. I turned for confirmation and I was like... Did he say what I think he just said? Oh. And Jonas is like, yeah, I don't think he got the memo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, lots of things to be worked on, of course, mm-hmm. like in every society. But I, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how much deeper people allow themselves to go here mm-hmm. and how much they get pushed to go there as well. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, in the U.S., it's still really hard though because we're seeing people push back but the pr- brutality that you're met with because of it is uh disturbing <laughs> at the, at the, you know uh, i don't even know how else to explain it was being horrified all the time but yeah two things that i think are different about iceland though it's that it's because it's so small it takes like it's a it's a shorter time to like build up a critical mass mm-hmm. and also icelanders are such trend eaters yes they are do you know what i mean like once something is what people are doing people are doing it mm-hmm. i agree you know what i mean so let's hope for that like that is the thing that continues <laughs> yeah. as a trendy thing i think yeah. i think so let's move past barefoot running let's get on like to owning up to white Wait, supremacy is this a thing? absolutely have you not seen all the people with their, with their toe shoes oh uh, 
Okay, I see what you mean. So not actually like barefoot. Okay, but actually, just like you know. Yeah, the five finger toes. Yeah. There, that's old. Okay, I <laughs> I owned a pair of five finger shoes back in the day. But you know, in Iceland, they're, yeah. they're like ten years behind. Okay, and also actually, I think Vibram. I don't know if Vibram makes them, but whoever makes these shoes, I can't. Remember, like it's been a while. Um, they got like sued or something. It's totally off topic because they were claiming all these benefits that you mm. get from running in them that right. they couldn't, that they hadn't actually no. proven. proven. Yeah, uh, yeah. No yeah it's hilarious. <laughs> it was like good job. But I wore those shoes until I had a hole in them and couldn't fix them. Oh really? Yeah. You liked them then? I liked them a lot. I'm so glad you did not wear your shoes to work. Then they would have. You, you two of you would have never accepted me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, just turn around. Don't talk to her. <laughs> So, do you feel that Iceland is your home and that you see yourself staying here for the foreseeable future? Hmm. I don't see it as my home. Okay. I do see staying here for the foreseeable future. Um, but that's just because I feel like I've shifted my whole, like, idea of home mm. since moving. Like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> And it doesn't really matter where I live. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm with my family and everybody's safe, everything is okay, mm-hmm. we're good. Yeah. That's home. Yeah. But home for me will always be, I think, the U.S. I'll never be like, like I would say back home. I wouldn't say that about Iceland. Mm, okay. But if, you when you're I mean? in the U.S., do you ever say back home about when you're talking about Iceland? No. When you're in the U.S.? No. Okay. Interesting. But I've only been back like a couple of times. And it's okay. never, it's like, oh, in Iceland, but it's not back home. Mm. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe in a few years that would change. I'm curious about one thing before we move on to Jonas. What changed for you that made you be like, okay, I can stay in Iceland? Was it like a big, like it was one, you know, a big mm. impact or was it just gradually settling in? I think it was just settling in. There was okay. no, it wasn't like a moment where I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah. It was very gradual, very okay. much gradual. Surrendering. Yes. <laughs> some to some degree. Sorry. Because they ground you down. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. Like months later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Um. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah. Like, is it home? And do you, do you feel s- like you're at, at, yeah. uh, that Iceland uh-huh. is home for you? I mean, not, it doesn't have to be your only home. No. And do you see yourself living here for the foreseeable future well i think home is really like more about people for me Mm -hmm. so as long as i have my family here and part of my family is here but my mom is you copy my answer but go ahead (laughs) if you didn't say it directly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i feel like yeah as as much as any place has been home but i felt like my home came with me here when, when we when we moved and Moving into that little apartment for real, I mean, it just made me realize that the, the things that really mattered for me, at least, are just, you know, who I'm spending time with and what I'm doing with my time, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can be doing the things that make me feel rewarded and spending time with the people that make me feel rewarded, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Good. And I think as long I don't, I don't idolize Iceland yeah. at all. There's lots of problems here, mm-hmm. but it, it's a very nice place to live, especially right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My God, I mean, True. I'm so happy that we're here during this pandemic because yeah. life is is fairly normal right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, as normal comparatively speaking. Yeah, right. Comparatively mm-hmm. speaking, but as as far, as like as the, as far as the future goes, I have no idea. Okay, you don't feel like you have to be in Iceland, basically. I guess that's what oh, I'm kind no. of getting at. It's like no, 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 no. this idea of like this is 
this is it. I get, I get it. You know, I want to be here. No, I'm kind of excited about the prospect of like, maybe we won't be here in five years. Because mm-hmm. my partner is an academic and he's still in the job market. And I don't know, maybe we'll move to Korea. Or yeah, okay. He's a linguist. Us. Anybody looking for a linguist? That's right. I got a hot <laughs> I one got for you. I got a hot linguist. Years, I'm just saying. <laughs> you trying to push me out the country? I'm trying just, to get me out the door? I'm just trying to lend a hand. <laughs> <laughs> could yeah, be, like, it could be someone in Iceland there, who's listening. And, there could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a darn good linguist. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, I mean he's, he's applying for a job here right now at the yeah. Institute of Lexicography. So I mean it could happen. It could happen yeah. here, and I would be happy to stay here because I think it's a it's it's a good place. It's interesting. Yeah, always something new. Very short from the bottom to the top, which I think is kind of fun. <laughs> that does make it convenient. For sure. It does. It does. I mean I feel like you can try your hand at anything, and you want to get in filmmaking. Yeah. Go go to filmmaking. You want to write a novel? Go write a novel. You know. I agree, and that's encouraged. I think it's it's like built into the culture of just mm-hmm. being like, yeah, so I'm five different things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, the good with the bad, yeah. there's, very, there's not much of a critical voice here at all. Mm. So you might write a novel and it might get published, <laughs> but it does not mean that it is going to be a good novel. Yeah. Does it mean the good novels don't get published? No, right. <laughs> they are. But a, like if you write something, it's going to get published. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I mean, that's my, that, that's my feelings about it. Okay. That's pretty funny. And the last question mm-hmm. that I ask everybody. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's like on Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> yeah, kind Just of. like Inside of the Actor Studio. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Icelandic word or phrase? Could oh. be both. If you have both, it could be. Do I? I don't know if I have an, a favorite Icelandic word. Could be the name of your podcast. <laughs> 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 wow. Huh. Go ahead, Jonas. I'm just trying to think. I I'm can't like, think of I don't anything. know. I'm like nothing. Is there anything that you use often that feels good when you use it? Like a you mean like a word of phrase? Yeah. Like I I recently started using yaya, yeah. uh-huh. and that came out like what? Like I was saying that I was like yeah, yeah. And I was like, why did I just do that? <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. And so it just felt good though. It felt like it made sense for me to say that. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh, I feel like I should have an answer for this. What's the what's the one that you like with the the, the, the fishing and the rowing? Those the, those. I really enjoy the phrase "ter fiskas em which is they, um, you the, the people who catch the fish are the people who who like row out basically. Yeah, uh, okay. Like you can't catch a fish without going out into the water. Yeah, I think that's a nice taking the risk. Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta take the risk. And yeah. of course, that that at dust is mm. good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had my issues with that one. Yeah, yeah. mainly because I think it. Gets taken to a place where I'm not so sure if that's what it means. But then I'm like, okay, no, that that actually is what it means. <laughs> Meaning like, yeah. you know, like uh, people who don't have enough money for something, and it's like, maybe like you overran your credit card and can't pay mm. your rent or something. It's like that. That I thought it will work out, and it's like, is that how that's supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was like that. I thought it was more like you know you did well you could. <laughs> Yeah. And if it works out, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it'll work out basically because you did, you've right. done your part and you just got to leave it, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like shirk too much responsibility. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Yes, it's like, yeah. this kind of like, you, you were just it's irresponsible. And so yeah. why, why were you saying that, 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 that? Like, I don't think you deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, it's just... But at the same time, if it's nothing, if you can't do anything about yeah, it, it's, that, 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 yeah, that's great. That's exactly. fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I feel like I should have all these. Yeah, no, I have. Yeah, nothing. you're gonna be in the car and be like, "Damn it!" Now mm. I've got like five. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> but thank you so much, Lydia and Jonas, for being on the show. Thanks for having us on. And yeah. for people who would like to listen to your podcast, where can mm-hmm. they find you? 
Wherever you get your podcasts. On all the things. On oh. iTunes, on the Spotify, on the, the things. Okay. We did not put the word Iceland in the title of our show, which I know <laughs> Jules, a professional, would say is not very smart. It's not very SEO'd. <laughs> Not at Raisins, hot dogs, people would be like, what yeah. is that? Yeah. Do Which anything? maybe, okay, that would be a good one to explain because I feel like people would not know that reference. Yeah. Mm. So why did you name your show The Raisin? Raisin Pitch Anthony means yeah. The Raisin at the Hot Dog's End, mm-hmm. which is kind of gross to think about mm-hmm. your, if you're like chowing down on a hot dog and you find a raisin Yeah, in I it. don't. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. Uh, 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 uh. But yeah, it means like the cherry on top. It means like you're yeah. something good. Added to something even better. Mm-hmm. I mean, something even better added to something that was already good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to think that it's a raisin at the end of a hot dog. Well, apparently, I was <laughs> it's talking... It's more like to... a sausage, right? It's not like traditional hot dog. Like, that's where it comes from. Right, right. It's like a sausage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. From like but... a sausage that has like dried fruit in it. No, no, no. It's not dried fruit. It's not dried fruit? No, this just happened this weekend. <gasps> I was talking to our Danish friend yesterday. Okay, yes. And he was like, oh, we have that saying in Denmark too. Mm-hmm. And he was like, when you tie a knot in the mm-hmm. sausage casing, it looks like a raisin. Uh, and I guess when you fry it up, it gets real crispy right there. Oh, so it's like the crispy. So it's crunchy not a little raisin. It's not a real yeah. raisin. Who knew? It's the crunchy part of, yeah, the, of, sausage. of the sausage. Okay, wow, that explains wow. a lot more. Actually, because I was like, why are they putting raisins? <laughs> this just makes no sense. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So we're like the crunchy part yeah. of the Icelandic sausage. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> But delicious. If, but if you, if you search for Iceland Raisin in wherever you look for your podcast, then they'll come up. Okay. Yeah. And then what about social media? Where can I find you there if they want to follow we you? We are Facebook. at Raisin and Hot Dog, I think, on everything. On everything. Okay. Yeah. Raisin and Hot Dog. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah.